born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. John chapter 20, look there in verse 21. This is after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He said in verse 21, Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. So we sending them somewhere. And we're supposed to know that they were sent. All right, Christ was sent. His disciples were sent. And you and I, believe it or not, have been sent. You see, God saved us in this world. But he left us in the world to be sent to the world. So we're here for the world. We're here for them. Now take your Bible, look in John chapter 17. The Gospel of John in chapter 17. 17th chapter is really the Lord's Prayer. This is where he actually talks to the Lord and prays for me, prays for you. And he has a wonderful prayer. If you have never read the Lord's Prayer, this is the Lord's Prayer. The one found over there in Matthew chapter 6, Our Father which art in heaven, that's not the Lord's Prayer. He didn't pray that. That was simply an outline for us to learn how to pray. But here in John chapter 17, look in verse 18. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world on him. Then he says in verse 21, that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. So he was sent into the world. And then the disciples were sent into the world. And the purpose of being sent into the world is so that the world might believe on Christ. Got it? That's why we send missionaries. That's why we had ranch and why we have camp. That's why we do the things we do. That's why we have radio. That's why we had TV. That's why we do those things. Because we're sent here to do that. And Paul says, by all means. So whatever means possible. Luke chapter 4. Now we know that Christ was sent into the world. He told his disciples, you're sent into the world, that the world might believe. And Christ made the statement in John chapter 14, that the world may know that I love the Father, even so I do. In other words, I do what I do so that the world will know I love him. And the only way you can let the world know that you love the Lord is by your obedience to the Lord. Now here in Luke chapter 4, look in verse 16. So he has been sent, he's beginning his ministry, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, what was his custom? He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. So every seventh day, Jesus went to church. Now, we're not, we're not saying this is church, but it's pretty much the same thing. That's where they met. 
on a Saturday morning, here it is on the Sabbath day, and they went to church. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. Now, this is why a lot of times, and I've done it many times, I will have everybody stand while I read the scriptures. And I like doing that. But it says that he stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. When he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. So he was looking for a particular scripture for his message that day. So Jesus, as his custom was, went to church. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, gave it again to the minister, and he sat down. So he only preached a very short sermon. How would you like to have had a sermon that short? But he read two verses and sat down. And can you believe that those two verses that he read, you know, it split the church. He had trouble. He got in all kind of trouble in the cause of this. Look what he says. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him, just like y'all are. See, you came to church this morning, I read a couple of verses, and everybody just listen to every word that I say, not a soul going to sleep. In verse 21, And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. I'll bet that knocked her socks off. They come to the synagogue, they read the scriptures, and the Bible says in the book of Acts, they, reading the scriptures, fulfilled the scriptures because they killed the prince of life. Christ came, and they were going to church, reading about the one that was going to come, and then they wind up turning on the very one that they've been reading about and fulfilled the scriptures. Some people are blind. And they go to church, and these people went to church, but they didn't understand it. And why would they get mad if the guy stands up there and says, this is talking about me somewhere along the line? They would have to know it's going to be somebody somewhere along the line. Somebody's going to have to say, that's talking about me. Because it was a prophecy from the book of Isaiah. In chapter 61. Well, lo and behold, Christ says that was me. This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Then he says in verse 22, And all bear witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceedeth out of his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? In other words, don't we know his dad? If they believe that Joseph was his dad, what does that mean? It means that Mary and Joseph had a child before they were married. And that means that Jesus is illegitimate. How would you like to be the perfect son of God? You'd done anything wrong. You just happened to be born into the world without a father, a human father. And then to be labeled illegitimate. That's why they didn't believe he had a right to the throne. But he did. He was the only one that did. He was the next in line. Nobody else could claim the throne except Jesus. So Jesus told him, he says, um, you're like going to be like the proverb saying to the physician, heal thyself. In other words, if you are a little illegitimate child, can you, uh, can you correct that? And he says, a prophet hath no honor where? In his own country. It means the hardest people to convince that you're real and genuine is going to be the people who know you the most. They're the hardest one because they see you every day. See, it's easy for somebody who never sees your wife to think your wife really isn't that bad. Because they only see her good side. But see, they don't have to live with her. Or they may think, you know, that husband of yours, he is such a wonderful man. You think if you only knew. There's a lot you don't know. 
you honor somebody else and think they're great. Well, I wish my husband was like that. Yeah, but you just don't know what that is all about. You don't know the other side. Two verses. And everybody loved him. No, they didn't love him. But he was still sent. But you think just because you're in the world, well, I can't do it because. Because why? Well, because not everybody's going to like it. Not everybody's going to love you. Okay. How was Christ received? We're supposed to learn from His example. This is what happened. In, he did it, but look how it was received. You're not going to be received all the time in great love and pats on the back. So He makes the statement in verse 23, Ye will surely say unto me this proverb, Physician, heal thyself. Whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. In other words, you did it over there. Why don't you do it here? You're great over there and everybody loves you. Why don't you do that great stuff here? Because He already knew how they thought. He knew their hearts of unbelief. He knew their hearts of stone. He knew their anger. He knew they wanted to kill him. He knew that. But look at verse 25. He said, but I tell you of a truth. He says, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah. Well, there was a lot of widows in Israel. Uh, but he wasn't sent to all of them. He only sent to that one woman. Look what he says. He says, when the heavens was shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land? Well, did the Lord know there was famine? Did He know what the hardship? Yeah, God knew all that. But unto none of them was Elijah sent. There's Elijah and Elijah. Elisha. This is Elijah. Save or accept unto Seraphim, the city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. In other words, there's all these women, all these widows, but He was only sent to that one. Here's all these cities. And he was to go to all these cities, but he didn't stay very long in some cities because of their hardness of heart, their unbelief. In other words, he couldn't win them all. Jesus Christ, the greatest soul winner of all time, had trouble winning people, trying to convince them. And he marveled at their unbelief. He marveled at their unbelief. In other words, like, I can't believe you guys. I'm, I'm the Son of God, and look what I've done. He says, believe me for the work's sake. If you don't believe me for what I say, believe me for what I do. Who else can do these things? Oh, you did it by the power of the devil. Everything he did right, they put a spin on it and credited it to the devil. He said, is that why you don't serve the Lord all your heart? Because you're afraid of what somebody's going to say? They're going to twist everything? Keep doing right anyway. Keep loving people anyway. Love the Lord and love people and keep serving the Lord like you've never been hurt by anybody. Because if you allow somebody to hurt you, it stops you. You may get hurt for a while, but you've got to get over that and keep going. Don't you allow anything to stop you in your service to the Lord. And many lepers, there were many lepers in Israel in the days of Elijah the prophet. None of them was cleansed. Not a one of them was cleansed. And they were all of Israel. But there was a Gentile, a Syrian, and God healed that Gentile. And he's talking here in the synagogue to these Jews that don't like the Gentiles and letting them know, look, he was sent to heal a a man, leprosy. God didn't heal everybody, but He healed a few. And whenever you go into the world, remember this, you won't win everybody. There was a lot of people that needed help, but He didn't do it for everybody. God, He knows things that you and I don't know. And as you go through life, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. You're not going to get everybody. But don't let the ones that turn you down stop you from finding that one. But every person ought to try to find a way that you personally can reach a soul. You ought to have a way. 
And I appreciate those that helped me with the radio and things like that because if you didn't, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. And yet, I get a few little letters every once in a while, and they're beautiful letters about people that really love the radio broadcast, and I appreciate it. But now notice, in verse 28, and all they in the synagogue, they're all in the synagogue now. This is in the, this is in the church. This is the church service. When they heard these things, were filled with joy. In other words, it would have been better if he had just stayed home and not gone to church that day. Well, I'm not going to church because there's hypocrites there. So that's why Jesus didn't go to the synagogue, because there's hypocrites in the synagogue. And where did Paul go whenever he got a chance? Every time he got a chance, he always went to the synagogue. That was like going to church where they met together. Well, I'm not going there because of those unbelievers, those hypocrites. Have you ever heard people say, well, I'm not going to church because they got hypocrites over there? Well, they got them where you work. Are you going to go to work? Huh? They got hypocrites at the hospital. Are you going to go to the hospital? They got them at the grocery store. They got them at the gas station. You still going to go get gas and get groceries? You know what they are? Hypocrites. And they're the hypocrites pointing out the hypocrites. And he says in verse 29, And rose up, get this, rose up and thrust him out of the city, led him unto the brow of the hill, whereupon their, their city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. What, what did they want to do to him? Well, what would you deduct from this? What did they, what did they want to do to him? They wanted to honor him up on the hillside, right? They wanted to kill him. And how many scriptures did he read that morning? He read two verses. He just simply explained them, and they wanted to kill him. Now, I have never preached a sermon that bad. I've preached some bad sermons, but I don't know if I've ever preached one quite that bad. Now, is the sermon that he preached, was there something wrong with his message? Or was there something wrong with the people? Think it through now. Think it through. There was nothing wrong with what Jesus said. It's that they just didn't believe. They didn't believe that he, that was Him. And they didn't believe that He could do these miracles because He did them over there, we heard. Do them now. Let us see. But look what He says in verse 30. But He passing through the midst of them went His way. I think He just created another miracle. They weren't able to get Him for some reason. And this happened on several occasions. Verse 31, and came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee. Now remember, in verse 16, is this is in the morning. This is in the mornings when you get up and you get ready and you go to church. They would meet in the morning. All right, the day's passing along, and now it's uh, probably later in the afternoon. And he says in verse 32, and they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. And he goes back into another synagogue in verse 33. And in the synagogue there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil and cried out with a loud voice. Now remember now, do you believe that the devil on occasions might go to church? The devil? Could have. I hate it when some of the people invite him. I don't mind if he comes in here all on his own. It's when we have people that invite the devil to come with them and they have an old sinful nature within them and they can be filled with wrath and just waiting to see if they can start trouble with somebody. And they use that in a little tongue right there and buddy, you can do a lot of damage with it. But here's a man went to the synagogue and he brought a devil with him. The devil was on the inside of him, a demon. One of the little fallen angels. So can a man go to church with the devil in him? And he did. And get this. He says here in verse 34, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. Now, he knew who he was. 
See, the devil knows who Christ is, but Christ wanted the people to believe on him because of what he said and what he did. Now, why do you believe on the devil? Well, because of what the devil said. I heard a demon one day give a good testimony, and that's how I know that Christ wants, you, you believe on me because of what I said. You believe on me because of what I do. Believe on me for the work's sake. But they wanted to attribute what even he did to the power of Beelzebub, the prince of devils. He says, hold your peace, come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the mist, he came out of him and heard him not. And they were all amazed and spake among themselves, saying, what a word is this? And with what authority and power he commanded the unclean spirits and they come out of him. Jesus was not the normal run-of-the-day-mill individual that went to church this day. They had somebody in their midst like they had never seen before. In other words, everybody went to church week after week after week. But this day was a different day in their life. Somebody different showed up. Something else is going on here. Jesus Christ came by. And they got a chance to meet him. And everybody worshipped him. And everybody loved him. <laughs> no. It's not a reflection upon Christ. That is a reflection of the ignorance of the people. Not upon what Christ has said or done. I want you to look in verse 37. And the fame of him went out into every place of the country round about. Well, wouldn't, wouldn't you, if you saw something done like that, wouldn't you tell somebody? And remember, the fame spread abroad and there was no radio, no television, no email, no internet, no cars. Verse 38. Now here is a miracle. This is a miracle. It's kind of like having mixed emotions. You know, like watching your mother-in-law go over the cliff in your new Cadillac. That's called mixed emotions. Some of y'all will get that after a while. Some people say that Peter was the first pope. And he went to Rome and became the first pope. And they say this. Now, and the pope is not to have a wife. Now, I think it's terrible for a man not to have a wife, but to have a mother-in-law. Now, how in the world he did it, I don't know. But look at verse 38. And he arose out of the synagogue, entered into Simon's house. And Simon, this is Simon Peter, Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever and they besought him for her. They wanted, they wanted him to heal his mother-in-law. Now that's mixed emotions. This is a miracle. Now would you have done this for your mother-in-law? But anyway, I'm making jest of this a little bit, so please uh, forgive me for all of that. That's my old sinful nature. That's not the way I really am. I love all mother-in-laws. And it says in verse 39, And he stood over her, and rebuked the fever, and it left her, and immediately she arose and ministered unto them. Good results. In verse 40, now when the sun was setting, now it's gone, gone, you know, this has been one long day. He's done a lot of things, gone to church twice, gone to two different services, different synagogues. And then he says in verse 40, now when the sun was setting, all they that had any sick with diverse diseases, different diseases, brought them unto him, and he laid his hands on every one of them, and most of them were healed, and he healed them. I believe he healed every one of them. There's another scripture that talks about he healed every one that came to him. You're talking about, not like these so-called fake healers today. They are shysters. And most of them is because if you got some money, and they're putting on a show, and it's always getting money out of people. You don't see where Jesus Christ... Now look, 
to show me your faith, you got to show me some seed money. Did you see him getting his healing line up and said, now show me, show me your faith by giving me some money? Jesus didn't do that. He could have done that. He had the power to do anything he wanted to do. But he said he healed every one of them. In verse 41, And devils or demons also came out of many, crying out, saying, Thou art Christ, the Son of God. And he rebuked them, suffered them, permitting them not to speak, for they knew that he was Christ. And when it was day, he departed and went into a desert place. So he had a, a long day that day, and now another day, and he went into a desert place. And the people sought him, came unto him, stayed him, and you know, underlined that, that he should not depart from them. See, one place, get away, and one place they didn't want him to leave. So you have people with mixed emotions. You're not going to win everybody. But then there's going to be a lot of people that you're going to reach and they'll be thankful all the days of their life because you led them to Christ. Or you got the gospel to them. You helped in some way. And so every individual always try to find out, even though as a ministry we try to do things that we can try to help some, some missionaries and so forth, but we also, as an individual, either be giving out tracts and doing what we can because everybody needs to find a way, have a personal ministry that you can reach. You see, you might be able to get a chance to preach in a jail service or go to a regular, uh, you know, a nursing home sometime and, and just have it once a month or do something like that. You, in other words, look at ways in which you could do it. Find a way that you could do something and just give the gospel to the people. I remember I used to always go to the rescue missions. I went to the rescue mission when I was at the Florida Bible College. And I'd take some of the college kids down there with me and we'd put on a program for them. And I'd play the guitar. I couldn't play good, but I'd play the guitar and we'd sing a few songs. And then we had jail services. I went to the jail services. We went to nursing homes. And uh, you name it. Went to camps. Anything you do. Indian camps. And I had Indian camps in Iowa, Oklahoma, Arizona, Minnesota, and uh, up in South Dakota. Man, I've been in Indian camps all across America. I mean, down in Chanto, Arizona, Blackstaff, Arizona. But wherever you can go, whatever you can do, you do it. Find a way that you can get the gospel to somebody. If every time you pay your bills, if you pay your bill, put a heaven track in it or do something that you know, you never know who's going to read it. Plant a seed and somebody else will come along and water it. But God's the one that saves the soul. So you do what you can and find a way. Now look in verse 43. And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also. For therefore am I sent. Some wanted him to leave. Some wanted him to stay. But he had to keep moving on. He only had about a three and a half year ministry on this earth. And look at how many people in the world today know about Jesus Christ. Good or bad, they know about him. Every Muslim have heard of Jesus Christ. They just don't believe he's the son of God. They don't believe he is God. They don't believe God had a son, but he still loves them. He loves every Muslim and wants every Muslim to hear the gospel. That's the only hope they have. They do what they do because they've been lied to. They've been deceived. And the result is being evidenced around the world. But wouldn't it be neat if somewhere before the rapture took place, there could be a gigantic revival take place because somebody did something and it caused an outpouring of of some kind of an expression or demonstration where people trust Christ as Savior all over the world? I keep hoping for that. Maybe it'd never be me, but I might light a fire under somebody that might do that. You never know. He says in verse 44, And he preached in the synagogues of Galilee. They're different ones. See, any time they had about ten people or more, 
in a, in a city, they had to start a, a synagogue. And so they had a, a, a set of the scriptures, the scrolls there. And they would all come together and they would read. And that's just why you find the Apostle Paul everywhere he went. He always went to the synagogues first. That was on Saturday. And then the Christian church got started and that was going on Sunday. So Paul was in church every weekend. Always keep doing right. Look up here. Let this hand represent you and me and the wallet represents sin. We all have sin upon us. God loves us, but he hates our sin. For us to pay for the sin is eternal separation in hell. But God loves us and wants us to go to heaven. To go to heaven, we have to be perfect, as righteous as God, and none of us are perfect, none of us are righteous. We cannot save ourselves. The paper sin is death, and that's the only way that we can pay for it. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord. He's God in the flesh. Came into the world because he loves us, hates our sin because it separates us from him. So Christ took the sin, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead and said, if we'll believe he did it for us, that he would give us as a free gift everlasting life. And we get to go to heaven on what he did for us. That's a gift. That's free. But we've all that have trusted Christ as Savior are sent into the world. We're here. God didn't take us home the day you trust the Lord. He left you here because he wants us to go. And the result is that, that the world may believe. So we work together to do it. We work together collectively as a church and then individually. Every person should have something that they're doing whether it's a personal soul winner or doing something to try to get the gospel to people. But always try to find out, Lord, what can I do? What particular way can I do something that would help me to reach somebody? If you can't explain it to them, then you get a hold of somebody and bring them to where they can hear it. Get somebody else to go talk to them. Get a place set up. Remember I told you the other day I had a... Uh, I mean, a boy that came to the house and knocked at the door. And he says, it's hot outside. I said, yeah, it sure is. He says, can I have a cup of cold water? I said, you certainly can. So I went in and got him a cup of cold water and I gave it to him. Then I explained the gospel to him and he said he would trust Christ as Savior. The next day, I guess it was Thursday. Betty said, Yankee, there's somebody at the door. She said, it's that little boy again. And I said, okay, well, let me in. So she opened the door, and he come walking in the living room. And he stands up and looks in. I says, is it hot out there again? He said, uh-huh. I says, you want some more water? Uh-huh. He's 11 years old. So I says, look, uh, I says, and before I could get another word out, he says, uh, he says, you said if I just simply believe on Christ, I can have eternal life? I said, yeah. He says, okay. I'll I do that. But all right. I said, wait just a minute. I went and got my Bible and I sat down. I said, I want you to see this in the Bible. And I went through Ephesians 2, 8, 9, 1 John 5, 13, and I just let him see it. Sometimes, and see, I didn't go looking for this. This kid came to the house. And I got it to trust the Lord. Sometimes you'll not be in a hospital. You never know. See, I didn't do that because I'm the preacher. I did that because I'm, I'm an individual. I'm a Christian. You're a Christian. Give tracts. Talk to people. You'd be surprised how many opportunities you can have if you just don't throw them away. And uh, you say, well, they, they may not trust the Lord. They may not. But what if they do? Then you'll be really glad you did. Be a soul winner. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. If you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, I want you to understand that the best news in all the world 
is to understand that Jesus Christ died on that cross, paid for your sins, in order to give you as a free gift everlasting life. And He'll never cast you out. He'll never lose you. Eternal life is free. You don't go to heaven because you join this church or give any money. You simply just believe that He did it for you and He'll give you as a free gift eternal life and you get to go to heaven when you die. If you've never trusted the Lord, would you do it right now? Do you have to be baptized in water to be saved and go to heaven? Would that make the person who baptized you your Savior? There are at least five baptisms in the Bible. Which one gets you to heaven? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book. Or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace. Amazing